Let us pray. God of light, illumine our hearts. God of wisdom, guide our minds. God of love, give us compassion and grant us peace. Through Christ, amen. I know this prayer for illumination is supposed to come after the scripture, but I think we could use the prayer before scripture because it's a very difficult text. It's one of those passages you wish were not in the scriptures. It's as if Jesus is tending a little bit too much to our business. He's talking about money and possessions. So get ready, because this too is the word of the Lord from the 18th chapter of Luke, beginning with the 18th verse. A certain ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except for God alone. And besides, you know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And the ruler replied, I've kept all these things from my youth. When Jesus heard this, he said, there is only one thing lacking, sell all that you have and distribute it Distribute the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. But when the ruler heard this, he became sad, for he was very rich. Jesus looked at him and said, How hard it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it's easier for camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard what he said said, well, who then can be saved? And Jesus replied, what is impossible for mortals is possible with God. This is the word of the Lord. I'm so grateful to be back in worship with you at St. Simon's Presbyterian Church. Some of you will remember that I, last time I was here, I had a little sinking spell. I'd just begun as the interim senior pastor before Steve came, and I'd hardly been here a minute before I had a bad fall at our house down here, and I had to go back to Atlanta, and actually it took me a couple of months to recover, but I'm well and fine now. And I will never, ever forget how thoughtful and supportive you were when I had that sinking spell in the spring. It's a delight to lead worship with the Reverend Annie Arvin. Where is Annie? She's still behind the flowers. Yes, over there. That's right. And what a, what a blessing that Steve Goyer is your interim senior pastor. Steve and I have been friends 
for about 40 years, which means that we were in uh, the nursery together uh, (laughs) back in the day. But he's a wonderful guy. And as you go from one chapter to another on your pilgrimage, from what has been to what will be through the grace of God, how, how comforting it is to, to remember the constancy of God's guidance and protection through all our comings and goings and ups and downs. Here's the question for today. Do we believe that God is trustworthy? It's a very simple question. Do we live as if we trust in God? Or do we sort of hedge our bets and decide that mostly it's self-reliance that we need to have to keep ourselves going? Can God be trusted in all circumstances? The the conversation between the rich ruler, now he's not young in Luke, he's, he's young in Mark, and I don't know whether he's young or old, but let's just say he's rich. That's for sure. He's got a lot. He's got a lot of status. He's got a lot of stuff. He's got a lot of, you know, probably too much to even worry about the Dow Jones average. You know, if you hold up the Bible in one hand and the newspaper in the other, as we have been instructed to do, uh, I, I did that and I just couldn't avoid uh, preaching on this conversation between the rich man and Jesus. The, the economy, its status, on the news, in the newspaper, on the television. It's front and center on a daily basis. It's enough to make us worry a little bit, don't you think? I don't worry a lot about money, but if I ever were going to, it would be about right now. (laughs) Al and I live on a fixed income We buy groceries and pay our bills, as we all do at a time when we are at the highest rate of inflation in 40 years. And it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. I'm worried a little bit. I'm especially worried about people who are vulnerable, the millions of people who are more direly affected than you and I are. This morning's text is not for people who struggle to make it every week. Not for people who deal with poverty and its consequences. It's for people who are comfortable, at least comfortable. And I would say that most of us around here, we, we do a little better than most people in the world in terms of security. I was really irritated. We drove down yesterday and I was listening to the radio and a gentleman was being interviewed and about the matter of inflation and the ups and downs of the Dow Jones average, 
Dow Jones average. And he said, yes, I'm really feeling it in my pocketbook. He said, you know, I really like steak. I like steak several times a week. And I used to pay $17 per steak. And now I pay $32. Well, ain't that awful? I mean, I, <laughs> I guess it is. I, I, my heart didn't break when I heard that. <laughs> what breaks my heart is that almost 600 families went to the sparrow's nest last month. 600 unprecedented numbers of people who are dealing with food inadequacy. That, that breaks my heart. There, there's a lot to worry about. I, I remember a seminary professor of ours, of mine and my fellow classmates, who was really big on having a wonderful sermon title for your sermon. One that would attract people to come in if if people saw, read the title on the sign out front of the church. And so he said, what would be a really, really great sermon title that would make people want to ring the bell and get off the bus? I'm telling you, this was a long time ago, and come in and go to church. And nobody answered, and then one brave fellow raised his hand and said, Professor, how about this title? Your bus is on fire. <laughs> that might do the trick. I would say that our bus is not on fire economically, but there are whiffs of smoke here and there, are there not? Worrying what we're going to do about it doesn't have any effect whatsoever. I, I remember this wonderful saying that I came across years ago. Life is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. We don't have control over the stock market, but we do have control over how we react to what's going on and whether we're going to let anxiety overcome us and take away our spirit of caring for others, our sense of gratitude for what we have received, our concern about those who have less. I think the two scriptures we read today, the Psalm and the passage from Luke can really help us. And let me just say a little word about the psalm and then we'll move quickly to the rich ruler. Uh, the, the psalmist is having a little anxiety attack himself. He's on the road to Jerusalem. It's kind of a dangerous road. Bandits in the mountains all around the city. Scorpions along the way. He could fall in a hole, he could break his leg, he could have a sunstroke. He's worried. He looks at the hills and he says, oh my goodness, 
From where will my help come if I get into trouble? And then he answers his own question. My help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Now that's a pretty amazing thing. The creator of the universe has got him covered. (laughs) Whatever happens, he's in God's hands. God is guiding him. God is walking beside him. I I don't know if you've ever traveled an uncertain road. I have. I've been a pilgrim on the road where I didn't know how things were going to go. And I could get myself into a state. I wish that I'd had the confidence of the psalmist. My help is in the name of the Lord who created all that is and all that will be. His confidence is sure. Not the rich young ruler, well, old ruler or young ruler, whichever. He's not even worried about anything. He has confidence in what? Confidence in himself. What he has, who he is, he's not worried. He doesn't ask Jesus in an anxious state, am I going to be all right? I'm good in this life. And if I'm good in this life, I have all my possessions and everything. Won't I be fine in the next life? Just give me a little affirmation here. And Jesus says, ooh, You're on the wrong track there, buddy. Life does not work that way. And then he hits him with this perhaps most dramatic statement he ever issued. You, whatever you have, you give it all away. All of it. And then you'll learn the secret to life. The secret to life is not self-reliance. It is God-reliance. Can God be trusted? Yes, we say. But do we live as if that's what we truly believe? There's a wonderful play showing in Atlanta at the Lance Theater. It's two characters in the play. One is named Everybody and another is named Stuff. And Everybody is about to die. And he's anxious about how the transition is going to be. And he says to himself, I've really accumulated a lot of amazing stuff and maybe I can bring some of it with me. And then, he's talking to himself, then stuff appears on the stage. And stuff, by the way, is in a wheelchair because he's got so much stuff. I mean, he's surrounded by stuff in the wheelchair. And he's got all this 
jewelry and fancy clothes and he's almost drowning. And Stuff says, I'm here to help you with your problems in this world, sir. What can I do for you? And everybody says, well, it's not about this world. I think I'm about to have to encounter my maker and I'm not sure how well I'm going to do. I'm pretty sure that's God I'm going to be dealing with. Stuff, you've been such a comfort to me over the years. Actually, you're the sum total of what I've spent most of my time and energy on. I'm begging you, go with me, Stuff, and help me. Stuff says, you know I can't move. You see, I'm paralyzed here in this wheelchair. And everybody says, well, maybe I could carry you. Stuff says, do you think I belong to you forever? And everybody says, well, yeah. And Stuff says, not anymore and never again. We came into this world with nothing, sisters and brothers, and we leave this world with nothing. What we must do, what we need to do, is think about what we can leave behind us that will last. Good deeds, concern for neighbor, kindness. Queen Elizabeth, when she was lowered into the crypt, the Royal Chapel at Windsor. She did not have buried with her a crown or an orb or a scepter. Her only jewelry consisted of a pair of small pearl earrings in her ears and a plain gold wedding band on her finger that Philip had given to her on their wedding day. We can't take it with us. And it means so little when we leave it behind, doesn't it? Have you ever had the experience of cleaning out your, your parents' things? And what do you do with it? What do you do with it? The rich young ruler, rich ruler, walked away sadly, for he was very rich. I don't think we are very rich, but we surely have as much as we need, or we would been, wouldn't be sitting up here in these pews this morning. It's harder for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Listen, that is not a judgment. That's an observation. Did Jesus say it in an indicting way? He was just naming the reality. And you know what's interesting? This was... This was so hard for the disciples 
themselves to understand. Later, he explains to them what he's going to give up. He's going to give up his life. He's going to be crucified out of self-giving love. And the disciples shook their heads. They didn't get it. And Lord, is this hard for us to get. We need to ask ourselves whether we depend on who we are or how much we have as our baselines or do we depend on the trustworthiness of God to satisfy every need of ours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. That's it. That's what you can take to the bank. I had the great privilege of serving on the committee that wrote a brief statement of faith. You use it here, it's not the one you used this morning, but our denominations, a brief statement of faith. There were 30 of us who spent eight years working on that statement. And when we boiled it all down, this is how it began. And this is what we ought to bet our life on. First line, in life and death, we belong not to ourselves. We belong to God through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of God and through the life-giving, life-renewing Holy Spirit. That's the gospel truth, my friends. The Dow Jones, it might go up and it might go down, but the steadfast love of God will sustain us in this life and in the life to come. And that's the truth. Thanks be to God.